Welcome to the audiobook for The Shift by me, Colby Martin. This audiobook is designed as a series of podcast episodes, where each chapter is a new episode, making it easy for you to listen wherever you are, doing whatever it is you do while you listen to podcasts. Uh, For me, that's usually washing dishes or walking around the lake by our house. Now, this first episode, this is the introduction to the book, and it's free, giving you not only a glimpse of what the shift is about, but also what you can expect from this unique audiobook format. When you're ready to unlock the rest of the book, simply follow the link in the description of this episode and pay the one-time purchase cost. You'll then have access to not only chapters 1 through 12 of the book, but also bonus podcasts featuring conversations with others who've gone through a faith shift, as well as some songs written by some of my favorite people. I hope you enjoy the shift, and if you do, consider telling a friend about it and leaving a review on Amazon or even here on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And now, without any further ado than I've already done, here is The Shift, Surviving and Thriving After Moving from Conservative to Progressive Christianity. You must know that I love you so, never bargain you for your waiting gold, and this is only a measure, it can only get better, it can only get better, and this is only a measure. It can only get better It can only get better Introduction It's kind of like a survival guide One afternoon, while in a photography museum gift shop, I noticed the title of a book so juicy, I couldn't not pick it up. Read this if you want to be Instagram famous, the bold letters promised, perfectly aligned across the cover of the Of Course It's Square book. Flicking through the glossy pages of pristine people and fabulous food, I skimmed sections covering topics such as choosing the right hashtags, using filters, and everything you'd ever want to know about taking the best selfie. I may or may not have lingered on this section. The final sentence of the introduction promised this, quote, No matter what direction you want to take your feed in, this priceless advice means that you can build a following fast, create something to be really proud of, and, of course, give up your day job, travel the world, and get shit for free. All right, so the book you hold in your hands, or the one you're listening to in your ears, it's going to offer no such promises. Unless that is you believe that uh, reduced anxiety, more freedom, and deeper love amount to getting shit for free, because I will offer that. Bookstores overflow with these how-tos, but this book is not a guide on how to become a progressive Christian. There doesn't even exist one single way to be a progressive Christian. Therefore, the following pages are are not going to tell you what you need to do, or worse, what you need to believe, in order to become one. When I first came up with the idea for this book, and before I had the title worked out, I told people, "Ah, it's kind of like a survival guide for becoming a progressive Christian. Now, I balked it outright calling it as such, largely because I feared people conflating a survival guide with a how-to guide. 
But I also noticed people's eyes light up at this term, survival guide. And I think that's because the movement away from conservative Christianity is no joke. It's, it's hard out there. This, this path toward progressive Christianity is loaded with obstacles. And surviving is often about the best we can hope for. Yes, I do hope to empower readers to thrive in their new spiritual lives, but I want to be clear from the get-go, this is not a how-to book. Eventually, I landed on titling this book, The Shift. And this is my attempt to name the process of a person shifting from their conservative Christian communities and toward an expression of spirituality that might still connect with some aspects of the Christian tradition, but also resides within a more progressively-minded worldview. In other words, when you move from conservative to progressive Christianity, that's the shift. A survival guide for becoming a progressive Christian. Terms such as progressive and Christian are difficult to define. They carry about as many meanings as there are people who use the terms. I trust that you will use, edit, or ditch these labels depending on their utility and value for you. But so you know where I'm coming from when I say progressive, I'm referring to someone who affirms and celebrates a diversity of sexual identities and orientations, someone who holds egalitarian views regarding men and women, someone who sees the existence of and the need to dismantle white supremacy, and someone who accepts scientific inquiry as a companion, not a competitor, towards spiritual enlightenment. Certainly, progressivism includes more than that, but for me, it is at least that. And when I say Christian, I do so in the broadest sense. My bars for what might render a person Christian are, are fairly low. For me, the term represents the person who, one, has decided that in Jesus, through his life and his teachings, there exists a trustworthy path for living life to the fullest, and they're trying to live in that way. And two, someone who makes an effort to identify with at least some aspects of the religious tradition and heritage that emerged in his name. Ideally, this book will function like a survival guide. A survival guide, as you might know, is written by someone who has traversed treacherous territory, fallen down its pitfalls, survived its hardships, and then turned around to shout across the ravine, uh, yeah, it's no joke out here. But if you'd like, here's what I learned. Perhaps it can make your excursion along similar territory slightly less cumbersome. In 2014, my wife and I started a progressive Christian church in San Diego called Sojourn Grace Collective. Since then, we've spent untold hours ministering to hundreds of people who've undergone the shift. Each of their stories carries similar themes of pain and loss, confusion and loneliness. So this book emerges out of both my own experience with the shift and as a result of shepherding many along the way. The following pages represent my attempts to guide people through the very unique experience of leaving conservative Christianity and attempting to make their way towards some version of a faith within a more progressive context. Such a journey tends to leave people lonely, frustrated, confused, and angry, in addition, of course, to those uplifting moments of feeling freer, lighter, and more hopeful than ever. I hope this book normalizes that experience for you while at the same time offers the occasional helping hand or useful insight as you navigate the obstacles ahead. 
a vulnerable book. Uh, not to brag or anything, but I'm pretty good at sleeping. Normally, it welcomes me like a freshly hired Walmart greeter. But one evening, just before finishing this book, it treated me more like that Costco exit guard. You know, the one who scans your receipt, glances with unprovoked judgment towards your cart, and won't let you go until you acquire the Sharpie swipe of victory. Frustrated, I stared into the darkness, scanning the receipt of my brain for what it was that held me back from passing into the void that night. I tossed and I turned on my Casper mattress. I fluffed and I refluffed my tuft and needle pillow. Hmm, maybe my issue is that I fall prey to too many Facebook ads. Ah, nah, that's ridiculous, I thought as I unclasped my movement watch. Finally, after about 30 restless minutes or so, it hit me. I was anxious about this book. Not in terms of finishing it or meeting deadlines, but the thought of its content becoming public started to make me panic. Well, that's interesting. I thought, this is all stuff that you've been preaching at your own church for the past six years. Plus, in your first book on Clobber, you took on one of the most volatile topics in Christianity, homosexuality in the Bible. You're not unaccustomed to entering potentially treacherous territory or questioning dearly held beliefs, so why the anxiety now? The more I sat with this observation, the clearer it came into focus. It's one thing to preach a sermon to, I don't know, 150 people or so who know and who trust me and who can engage in immediate feedback and dialogue if needed. But putting those same thoughts on paper for strangers to read, with no potential for dialogue, that's different. You see, the ideas in this book, they, they represent almost an entire 180-degree shift from the belief system I grew up with and practiced for most of my life. Uh, the Colby from like a dozen years ago, ah oh man, he wouldn't even put his name to like 5% of the observations and insights in this book. Anxiety denied me sleep that night because I knew that once this book releases, there would be no putting the toothpaste back in the tube. But don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm proud of the work I've done and the journey that I've traveled, but there's still a vulnerability involved in so publicly recanting on what I used to think while also daring to suggest that I might have some insight on how to survive and thrive becoming a progressive Christian. Plus, I'm assuming that Colby a dozen years from now will likely cringe at parts of this book. Because faith, as I'll suggest in a later chapter, implies a dynamic evolving and not a static arriving. I share this with you simply so that you know that I know that this stuff is vulnerable. Trying to sort through the tangled mess of our spiritual heritages religious identities, and evolving beliefs, that can get messy. Which is why I sense a survival guide like this one might be of some use. Making Magic Out of Mayhem I looped one album as my soundtrack throughout the process of writing this book. The origin story for this album goes something like this. Legendary jazz pianist Keith Jarrett, on the evening of January 24, 1975, showed up at the Cologne Opera after an exhausting five-hour drive through Germany's hillsides in order to perform for a sold-out crowd. Exhausted and suffering from an ailing back, Jarrett arrived only to discover that his request for a Bosendorfer 290 Imperial Concert Grand Piano had gone unfulfilled, leaving him with nothing but an out-of-tune, rehearsal-grade baby grand whose sustain pedal didn't even work. Flustered by the conditions, the American perfectionist announced his intention to cancel the evening's concert and fly home 
However, Vera Brands, the 17-year-old German student who organized the entire event, successfully pleaded with Jared to stay and play for the more than 1,300 anxious and avid jazz fans. What transpired that night was nothing short of magic. In a back brace and with an instrument whose lowest and highest keys were unusable, Jarrett improvised his brains out for more than an hour, captivating the breathless audience. listen close to the recording, you can actually hear Jarrett moaning at times while the piano responds with its own groans as he's beating every last note from it. ECM Records recorded the performance and released it later that year as The Cone Concert. To date, Jarrett's solo masterpiece has sold more than 4 million copies, making it the best-selling piano album of all time. I chose this album as the soundtrack for this book because, to me, Jarrett represents the way that many of us feel on this journey toward becoming a progressive Christian. Tired, alone, frustrated, and a little beat up. The piano feels a bit like Christianity, that clunky, out-of-tune, partially busted tool we have to work with. It's not perfect, yet we're still drawn to it for reasons we can't always name. The improvised record, which I highly recommend you go listen to if that's not obvious, it points to the surprising magic that broken people might still make with even the most improbable instruments and in the most unlikely contexts. And this, to me, is an apt description of many of the progressive Christian churches I know. And I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of like Vera Brands, the one insisting that you don't give up. The one in the wings cheering you on, believing in you, even when you want to quit and walk away. I don't think we're going to sell 4 million of these things, but I do think that together, you and I, we can make a lasting impact for good. So, to begin, let's rewind the clock 15 years to another night when sleep also decided I did not merit its company. <laughs> 